everybody, this is Issa Cosette, and you are listening to Issa's Way, your favorite podcast that you didn't know existed, you didn't know you needed, but I'm so glad you're here. And this week, we have a wonderful guest, as usual, but this one, a very special, my little cousin, <laughs> Dominique Tolbert, by the way of Tolbert Hospitality, doing big things, not only in the DMV area, but also in Liberia. Whatever internationally look her up, but I just wanted to bring her on and just to share her story because um, I just admired her, like just seeing how she's moved and as of the diaspora as youth as we're trying to start our own business and trying to pursue our passions um, at a young age. I think it's very important that um, we kind of motivate each other as we keep going because. There's, like we were saying earlier, there's going to be so many people discouraging you on your journey. And it's very important to kind of sit back and kind of look back yeah. at what you've accomplished, where you're going, and um, the people around you who are getting you there. Yeah. So I just want to say welcome, Dominique. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just a normal conversation. We're chilling, we're chilling, chilling. We were just actually talking about Liberia because I'm preparing to go to Liberia um, <clears throat> um, to bury my gra- grandmother, my grandmother, actually, Kula Tober, and, um, just kind of reflecting on what's to happen, you know, what has happened, and, you know, um, the responsibility, um, not only just for, um, Liberia, of Liberians, and also of the diaspora, um, what you guys don't know is, she has hosted many events, not only her big crab fest that's been out there <laughs> in the DMV, but um, also just being able to participate and go to Liberia and be able to reconnect. Um, I think that's interesting of how she's been able to move and not feel discouraged to reconnect. And I don't know, when was your first time that you went to Liberia? Uh, I was probably like 13. Okay. So it's been, I've been going back and forth maybe every couple of years for mm-hmm. the past 10 to 12 years. And what was your first experience like when you got out there? Uh, I think the first time I went was over Christmas with my whole family. So my parents, my siblings, and it was cool. I mean, I don't remember anything bad about the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still pretty young. Uh, I don't remember if I remember all of it, but I remember it was a good, like, holiday break. Yeah, sure. do you, can you explain to our listeners, like, what, I guess, a Liberian Decembery is, or people who return <laughs> back? <laughs> the Decembery. <laughs> that's a funny, I guess, like, that's a new term. They yeah. Can. So, I mean, holiday time in Liberia, it's like, everyone is there. So, a lot of people from the States or from Europe, Canada... They are going home to their parents for Christmas or they are going to go visit their grandparents, their aunts and uncles or whoever else. Um, so holiday season is usually very busy. Everyone everyone is there. So you'll see everyone that you need to know. Mm-hmm. You'll probably see a lot of people who you would have seen in the States if you're living in the States. Um, there's lots of parties going on, lots of celebration, lots of tourists in a sense, but... The Decembery is there to have a good time, essentially. <laughs> okay, so how do you see Tober Hospitality incorporating in this good time out in Liberia? So it's actually not a goal of mine to incorporate Tober Hospitality into the Decembery. Okay. <laughs> Festivities or shenanigans. Like, I'm out um, Yeah, because, I mean, Tober Hospitality started as... I started the company when I was working for the Four Seasons, actually. So I was cooking for the Four Seasons in Baltimore. 
Then I started this Tulper Hospitality to make some more money on the side, to be more creative with some of my culinary pursuits and this and that. And um, so that's when I started the pop-up event, started with It's a Crab Feast, took on a few catering gigs here and there, and then did some other pop-ups. Um, I've done pop-ups in Brooklyn, Los Angeles, the DMV area, and actually last May, I did a pop-up in Liberia and Monrovia at the Capitol Room. So I was thinking about coming back, going back to Liberia this past December to do some more events and to just fill out the space a little bit more um, in terms of food and hospitality and lifestyle events and this and that. But for me, I think it's important for me to think about Liberia not as a quick thing to go there to make some money and then leave or like hit this little pocket of things that's going on that happens in holiday season. So I'm definitely more so thinking about what can I do in Liberia long term in terms Mm -hmm. of Toba hospitality. So hosting these pop-up events in the seasons where those who live in Liberia year-round are there, they can enjoy that. And then also thinking about other projects to get involved in within the food space. to use food as a catalyst to do other things within hospitality and tourism. Okay. Um, so you're explaining how you started the hospitality. Maybe can you give us a little bit of exp- explanation of how you started to, why you got into hospitality, you know, not even just a Tobert size, but cooking and cuisine and being into management and having that degree. Um, so actually I've been cooking like since I was young, I just always thought it was fun watching my aunts cook and, um, different things like that. I think my first job ever was with a cater, not a catering company, an event space, and they okay. catered and stuff like that. So it was like one of my friend's family owned this place. And so I started working there, interning at different places, whether it was in conventions and events. Um, my first culinary job was cooking at a country club when I was like 16, I think, in high school. And that was for a brief period of time. And I actually wanted to go to culinary school instead of going to college. And um, so I studied hotel and tourism management in college. So that kind of encompasses the food, restaurant industry, but it's also like a specialized business degree. Okay. So that made my parents and my father happy. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Africans are like, you didn't go study finance, you didn't go be a, lo- a doctor, a lawyer, whatever else, the cliche I didn't do any of nonsense. That. And so I got this hotel and tourism management degree um, in New York City. So, I mean, the degree was cool. I think I gained a lot by living in New York, interning, working in different spaces and meeting a lot of different people. And then after I graduated, I moved to Vegas and I was a restaurant manager at the MGM Grand. Um, I went through like a big (laughs) shit. (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) I went through a rotational management program there and then I ended up in the buffet. So that's like one of the the largest outlet on the property. And at the time it was the largest hotel in the world. So it had like 6,000 rooms, the buffet did, on average, at least 2,000 covers a day. Mm-hmm. Busy days, like, up to 3,000, 3,500. So we're, like, seating all those people, feeding all those people, and I manage, like, a staff of 60-plus. Wow. In a union environment, which is, like, that's a lot. Can you just say how old you were at that time? So, uh, so I graduated at 22, so I was there, I guess, until I was, like, 24. Mm. Look at God. See, don't ever feel that you're too young or, you know, you must go for it. And try and you know do big things. So that's great. You were, you said something earlier. You know, just to make our parents um happy. That's how you kind of went into the management. But how do you feel being Liberian? Um, you know, inspires or motivates your work. Um, uh, it's everything to me because I mean, 
when people ask me where I'm from, the first thing I say, I'm like, my family is from Liberia. And then I'll say I grew up in Maryland. They were like, oh, you were born in Liberia? No, I was born in America in Maryland. But like... Were you speak the language? I ask so many questions. I'm like, wait, hold on. It's like I'm Liberian first before anything else. That's how I think of it. So, I mean, I think even though growing up in America, it's like I wasn't raised like an American. American, I don't feel that way. Of course, I wasn't raised how my parents were raised back in the day in Liberia, but... My first friends were my cousins mm-hmm. and Liberians. And, like, only until I really went to college, I started meeting people from other African countries, from Latin America, the Caribbean, you know, things like that. Other than that, it was just, like, white people, yeah. black people from America. And Latinos. Maybe, yeah, maybe and some, some Mexicans, Mexicans Salvadorians, <laughs> it, uh, maybe some Vietnamese in Maryland. But, like, right. that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. But Liberia, even in, within my company, Tober House Italia, a lot of the cuisine focus is, like, elevated Liberian, West African cuisine with a Caribbean and Latin American twist. Oh. So it's, like, everything that I love, everything that I've experienced through life. Like, I grew up cooking a lot of Trinidadian food, learning how to cook that, and I love Latin American cuisine. And mm-hmm. I think being in New York City in general, like, it lends you to try a lot of different things. And mm-hmm. then you have friends, like, some of my good friends are from... Haiti or Barbados and it's like you start eating their food and then you start seeing their moms or whoever's cook and it's like you You learn learn how to make those things too so a lot of that influence has kind of come into the way that I cook when I'm hosting events or people give me free reign to create their menus like I'll throw Mm. in some little things here and there because like that's what I know what's your favorite thing to cook or your favorite menu give me that appetizer entree Whatever, how do you guys do it? You know, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's, like, necessarily a favorite, per se. I notice, like, I mean, I love fish, and I love pasta. Like, I love a good red snapper. Okay. Um, I love a good Alfredo. So, it's, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> two completely different things. But I notice, like, when I cook or things that have been very popular at different events that I've hosted are, like, I make these peanut pepper beef kebabs. So, like, Liberians, mm-hmm. when they do, like, the roasted meat. Love it. Some people add some ground pea to it. Mm-hmm. So, I've kind of done that for a more Americanized mm-hmm. crowd, and they love that. It's so good. Um, it makes the meat taste so delicious. Yeah. Man, girl. <laughs> it's good. So. Them fish girls be going quick, boy, them cookouts. You can't. <laughs> That's something that people like. And then also, um, there's this Cuban dish, actually, called yuca camojo. Mm-hmm. So. Cassava with, um. Garlic. Uh-huh. Garlic. Uh-huh. Yeah, Garlic. Um, and so I've kind of made that into, I've kind of fused that Cuban style with a Peruvian mm-hmm. style uh, sauce. So I've made that for a few different events and people really like that dish. And mm-hmm. it's like cool because a lot, Liberians eat a lot of cassava or yuca, mm-hmm. but they don't eat it like that. And then it's like Cubans eat the yuca camojo, but they don't eat it like that with the Peruvian sauce. Mm-hmm. And then Americans are like, oh, I've never had yuca or cassava. And then yeah. they try and they're like, oh, this is kind of like a potato. It's mm-hmm. a starchy vegetable. So it's like, it's a cool dish that's familiar and unfamiliar. And then it allows people to kind of, I have fun with it because it allows people to try something new. Exactly. So, yeah. That's okay. super cool. And um, when I cook, well, when I started cooking, because <laughs> I wasn't... <laughs> I wasn't cooking at the house, and my grandma used to actually make fun of me, like, I can't wait to see who marries you, you know what I'm saying? Because, girl, it was, like, that bad. Like, I think one time I was trying to boil corn, and, like, what? my Uncle Steven calls me, Isa, and I'm running in the kitchen, I'm like, what happened? I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm making corn, you know? <laughs> Come say I didn't put water in the pot, and the, and the 
corn is just in there roasting. And it's just like, okay. So I just like, I just thought I'm never going to cook. Anyway, college, all of my friends and my roommates would always cook. And I'll be like, all right, what are we eating? You know? <laughs> and at one point, one of my roommates would like always leave. And we had nothing to eat. And I'm like, I can't be waiting on her to eat. Gotta learn how to so cook. I had to learn. And little by little, you know what I'm saying? Because she was Jamaican, you know? Or she's Jamaican. So... Um, I started learning how to make, like, you know, curry chicken, brown stew, you know. I'm like, okay, little things. And then later, um, when I moved to Puerto Rico, like, when I really was missing home, that's when I started making, like, Berean food, you know. I was going to say, I heard, I've heard about you, like, making, like, <laughs> cassava leaf okra. I'll be out else. there. Like, I thought you could cook. <laughs> I'll be out, like, now, exactly. In the past year, you know, being married and being together, it's like, okay, I'm doing things. I think because I'm building my home and, like, when I think about, like, my future, and I know when you think about yours, it's, like, you want to still connect these dots. We don't want to lose it, yeah, you know? Um, and for sure, like, I even tell my mom, like, down to, like, you didn't teach me Vi, so I hope when you when I have children, you speak to them in Vi. Like, I need to learn Pella. Something. Like you know what I'm saying? Exactly. I still need to learn. <laughs> and I think, and especially if we're going to be, like, going in and out and actually reconnecting something, you know? And, like, as I come home, like, I don't know how to speak it, but, like, if they say some words and some things, I got you and I understand where you're going. I would probably do English, but, hey, that's something. Um, but, yeah, I can cook something small, you know. I can, the cut, every, like, the, the basics, you know, cassava leaf, the palava sauce, the food, I got you. You know, that's Oscar said. basics. A lot of people can cook cassava leaf or palava Well, you know who my grandma was, so, I mean... <laughs> You learned the hard stuff first. Exactly. That's exactly. And then I, that's something like when they were cooking, I'm like, I'm not even in the kitchen. I know how to make that one. Make something that I don't know how to make. Um, but it's still cool because like, I also feel like the kitchen for women is also a, a, a very important space. You know, so many things are like healing and talking, conversation, learning, generation, things are passed down in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So for you to not only just have that and bring that with your identity and like be able to reconnect and share that with so many people that's a beautiful thing you know and we were saying like it takes time to get to where you're at right now and also where you're going you know I do think it's beautiful when you can like sap and say you know job well done like you know I don't have to wait till someone else because you realize where you've come from and that's why I thought it was important to just say how old you were when you started you know and like um that's why this is all going to be part of your story, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so when we say in the next five, ten years, I'm like, well, I was 22. And it's like, it didn't seem like nothing. We seem so young, but you stay true to it. And yeah. you use different experiences, you know, to allow you to grow, right? And different people, you weren't like... And that's... I was an interdisciplinary studies major. And that's like, you know, some people say general studies. And you pretty much focus on either two or three disciplines at a time. So what I ended up doing... Um, was creative writing, Spanish, and ESOL education, right? Okay. And as interdisciplinarians, they try to teach us how to combine the disciplines because we're taught to think there's only one track way or one way to get somewhere. That's how a lot of people think, which is crazy to me because I'm like, how do you accomplish anything just thinking of one thing all the time? But hey. <laughs> you know, our generation's a little bit different, and yeah. we, I think, evolve. A little bit quicker, you know, than our parents, you know. I don't even but, think that's a generational thing. Like, mm-hmm. kind of how you said we're taught. I think we are, we are, I believe we are conditioned to think one track. And yeah. I think it's harmful because mm-hmm. people think there's only one way of doing things when there's not. People think you go to high school, Sorry. you go to college, you get a job, you work for this company, you move your way up maybe, or you get a government job, you go to the military, and it's just like... 
There are so many more things you can do exactly. to that. Exactly. Some things you don't even need to go to college for. Even America in general is like, people are lacking in the trade industry. Mm. You go abroad, you go to Europe, like, there's yeah, more yeah. honor placed on having a trade or having a skill than exactly. working in an office. What are we good for? Social media? So it's like, it's so many different ways of doing things, and I think we need to kind of appreciate or tap into people's skills and their interests more than kind of diminishing their light and saying like, no, this is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that's how kids are growing up thinking and losing yeah. their creativity because exactly. people are kind of stopping it. They're like, mm-hmm. they're not allowing them, them to think freely and things like that. So, How do you, and I guess in transition before we always think up on your way, how do you use your situation in life or motivate others to not give up? What would you tell them to do? <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough one because I feel like or how do you, mm-hmm. from the beginning it's always, for me personally, it's always kind of like oh, I'm different or I stand out amongst people. But then at the same time, I feel like there's a lot of pushback I receive from friends or family or even the thought of like, oh, she has it all figured out. And it's not necessarily, it's not figured out at all. Sometimes it's just like taking it day by day and mm-hmm. figuring it out as you go along. But it definitely takes, I think if you just have one person in your corner who is like, you can do this or you can do whatever you want to do, sometimes you need somebody who believes in you more than you believe in yourself Mm -hmm. to keep you going, which is sad. And hold you accountable. Yeah, to hold you accountable too. But it's like, sometimes you, you're not enough for yourself. And I mean, that kind of sounds whatever kind of way, but it's just like, it is what it is. And I mean... You have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable if you want to accomplish anything. And that's one thing that I've always, like, kind of held in my head. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And then also I have a good friend from college. He's a poet, actually. His name is uh, Vincent Hill. He's like, never dismiss the progress of a baby step. Mm. So it's like, every little thing you're doing, even though I think you might seem like it's not a lot, when you look back how you're saying, like, these are little pieces you look back and you'll see like, oh, I thought this was nothing, but mm-hmm. you have a whole bunch of little nothings That's and then it comes together eventually. Yeah. Even if it doesn't look like it's doing anything now, like it's all going to make sense when it makes sense. Exactly. So you just got to keep going. It's tough. You'll have like some bad days or some bad months, <laughs> but <laughs> keep going. you got to keep going and like do little things. Cause I think that's the other thing. Like people get discouraged. They discourage themselves by looking at the big picture too much. And they're like, mm. I'm not there. So I can't yeah. start this. or I'm not there. So I can't do this. But it's like, if you don't start small, exactly. no matter how small it is, or you're never going to get to the big picture. Mm. So just got to keep going. Don't that's stop. It. That's <laughs> it. Well, as always, Dominique, how are you on your way, man? With all that, you, I mean, that's I, it sounds like you're on your way, but just, you know, just finalize. How are you on your way, girl? How am I on my way? I am continuously trying new things. Mm. And using, I guess, failure or fear as a motivator. Just trying to get more comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's it. <laughs> that's it. And that's how you make it, and you'll do great things. That's how I'm, I'm on my way. so <laughs> proud of you, and I know you are anyway. And I, you know, have watched even in the beginning. I, I know we're ending, but just a throw back. I remember b- before it was like Toba Hospitality. One day I saw you making something. I don't know if it was like it was a pasta or something, but just how you had it plated. And I was just like, okay. And then I thought it was just something cute. And then I realized 
that you kept doing it. And then next thing you know, you have it. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> whatever it is, yes, stay true to it. Be on this new path, this new journey. And it's just, I'm, I'm so excited to see not only just what you continue to hear and when they roll to travel back home and you know, all of our listeners, please reach out to her. She has stuff that she can sell you. Some great spices online, the yeah. pepper sauce online. Where can they find your stuff? So, or I'm, you? I'm online, Talbert Hospitality. So it's spelled T L B R T Hospitality. That's Instagram, that's Facebook, that's LinkedIn, that's the website, TalbertHospitality.com. You'll find me. Yeah, find you. <laughs> Get you that good, good. Yeah, you need some link up. Old, better than Old Bay seasoning, some pepper sauce. Oh, man. Want to come to an event, hit me up. You guys, I'm just so grateful to have wonderful people like her and especially our youth to just encourage each other. So thank you so much for coming and sharing thank your you. story. Um, I just wish you so much success. Thank and you. it's coming. It's, it's already here. The, thank you for giving me this platform <laughs> No, you, you know, you know. It's all for every, not just for me, but for everyone and and I'm grateful, you know. Um, but this is Issa Cosette. And Issa's way. Y'all be blessed.